For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Your top three running backs for week eight of fantasy football, Christian McCaffrey against the Cincinnati Bengals, Austin Eckler against the Chicago Bears, Travis Etienne, at the Pittsburgh Steelers, Hayden Winks, let's rank 36 more. Yeah, let's start with, obviously, Christian McCaffrey. We don't even have to talk about him. Uh, Austin Eckler has been a disappointment, but Ooh. looking at uh, Vegas totals right now, the Chargers are projected for the second most points. They catch the Bears here. Last week, Austin Eckler injured his other ankle. It's apparently not as severe as the high ankle sprain he suffered earlier in the season. If the injury reports change, I'll obviously move him down the rankings, but... A fully healthy Austin Eckler against the Bears with a 27-point team total. I would be very excited to start him. And then, obviously, Travis Etienne, my gosh. He has, like, the modern-day bell cow role right now. He really does check every single box of, like, a fantasy superstar this year, which is, again, quite different than the discourse that surrounded him heading into this season. And I would say a major part of it was how his coaches were discussing his role on top of that. Uh, yeah, for Etienne, he leads the league in touches. And his receptions and receiving yards per game uh, is obviously so much better than it was during his rookie year. He already yeah. has two more touchdowns than he had in all of 2022. And the Steelers defense right now without Cameron Hayward up front, 4.6 yards per carry and Ooh. 16 rushing points per game to the opposing position. I do want to bring up, and it's shocking to me, Retrievar pointed this out in the worksheet, that might be the quickest plug I've ever given the worksheet over at Sharp Football. The Chicago Bears defense, quite good against running backs running the football. Uh, 3.47 yards per carry, which is fourth in the league. And the most rushing yards they've allowed to a running back is 73 yards. Mm -hmm. Over the past three games, running backs have rushed for 38 times for just 99 yards. But where they are being got is in the receiving game from running backs. 31st in receiving points to running backs so far this year. And so hopefully we can get the 2022 version of Justin Herbert to check downs a little bit here uh, in week eight. Yep. I like that for Eckler. I like that for Eckler a lot. Okay, here we go. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Well, I changed this to the running back four is your running back four. Uh, he had just four top 10 weeks all of last season. Uh, Hayden, since he has returned to the lineup and to the NFL this year after his suspension, I mean, he has been a top 10 running back each of those weeks. Yeah, it's unfair usage, averaging almost 10 targets per game. Pretty rare stuff. I also just don't think that's going to change all that much. Like, obviously not to this degree, but Derek Carr, when you watch him, is just wanting to check the ball down as fast as he can. And then for the matchup this week, Colts defense, fifth worst against fantasy running backs. They've already allowed 10 touchdowns in last week, even with Jamal Williams uh, back and healthy. It still was AK at the goal line. Just to outline how important Alvin Kamara has been in Satan's game that people call PPR. Uh, he has been targeted on 35.8% of his routes run. That leads, obviously, all running backs. 
but only Tyreek Hill has been targeted at a higher rate over that span. <laughs> ban it. <laughs> ban, ban that game. And yes, as you talked about, uh, the Colts have allowed 10 touchdowns to opposing running backs this year. That's the third most in the NFL. You're running back five this week is Raheem Mostert against the New England Patriots. Consensus rankings, Hayden, have Raheem Mostert as the running back nine. It's weird. We have one slightly down week for Mostert, and everyone just wants to drop him in rankings. To me, that is outlandish. That is despicable, and I love your ranking of this. Yeah, he still played more than half the snaps last week, which has kind of been the standard for him. Against the Patriots at home, the Dolphins are now projected for the most points on the week, now all the way back up to 28 and a half points, New England's defense, like we've talked about on the show, they're all on injured reserve right now. Very bad uh, up front compared to their usual standard. And back in week two, Raheem Mostert had 18 carries for 121 yards and two touchdowns on the road against the Patriots. And that was kind of a mid-game for the Dolphins offense in general. So I think Raheem is locked and loaded. Salvin Ahmed, he played 18 of the 49 snaps. Jeff Wilson only got seven of them and Salvin Ackman and Jeff Wilson, when they were in the game, it was just to give Raheem a breather. Raheem still handled nine of the 11 running back carries. So against a defense, that's not the Philadelphia Eagles who by far only, uh, only allowing 50 rushing yards per game. It's going to be much better set up for Raheem this week. You mentioned it when they played back in week two, Mostert crushed them. New England since has been quite good in terms of a yards per carry basis against running backs. Okay. But Hayden, I kind of feel like the Dolphins running game is just quite different than anyone else's. Like that doesn't concern me if like, oh, the Patriots have turned their run defense around because we know Mike McDaniel with the deception that he brings to the table then and the speed that they bring to the table too. Then to me, it's just a much different ball game trying to stop this Miami uh, rushing attack than it is any others, if that makes sense. I agree with you. Brees Hall, you're running back six. He's at the New York Giants, 27 and 18 fantasy points per game in the last two that we saw of him prior to the bye week. Yeah, and the the Giants are the eighth worst fantasy defense to running backs. They've allowed 5.0 yards per carry as well. And Brees Hall, even with an injured offensive line, and they're not probably not going to get healthier this year. And even with Zach Wilson, his up and down performance, Brees Hall is still getting home. So it's the highest I've ranked Brees Hall. It makes sense to me coming off of a bye week last week. And the Jets are obviously not a good offense, still will be a bad offense. In fact, they're at least projected for 19.5 points. There was weeks doing the show when the Jets were closer to 15 and a half, something like that. So uh, we're at least getting into the watchable conversation. And Brees Hall should be 95% of himself moving forward. And the Giants are 31st in rate of runs to go for 10 or more yards, uh, 15.4% of their yards. And so we know that Brees Hall in those moments so far this season has reared off some 40, 50, mm-hmm. 60 yarders, maybe not all the way housing it, but explosive player uh, against a defense that allows explosive runs is yep. good stuff. It's good yep. stuff here coming out of a bye week. Tony Pollard, you're running back seven against the Los Angeles Rams. 110 yards on 21 touches against the Chargers, but much of that was aided by a singular play, a 60-yard catch and run, um, and also catching, you know, six or seven targets for 80 yards. Yeah, I wrote about it here. Just put some data on Pollard's season. It's a career worst in PFF grade, yards per carry, fumbles. He already has two of them, yards after contact, and he has negative 5.9 fantasy points per game over expected, which is only 
worse or only better than Josh Jacobs this year. I don't know if it's the more volume, the broken ankle or the Kellen Moore, but at least he's coming off of the bye week. The offensive line is in better shape and the Cowboys are projected for the six most points on the week at home against the Rams projected for 26 points. So if Pollard can just get back to somewhat of himself, there are still ceiling games to attach himself to. It's just how much longer could we call him by low? This might be the final week where I'm willing to say it. We talked about in stats versus film how the Cowboys this season have been just abominable in, if that's the right word, awful inside the 20-yard line. And, I mean, it speaks to Tony Pollard. who has not reached the end zone since week one. That hurts. Um and to your point, just 6.6% of his carries have gone for 10 or more yards. That is only ahead of Rashad White, Ramondre Stevenson, AJ Dillon, and Josh Jacobs. I, I made this chart, and it's not my favorite chart I've ever created. But Did you just like go to the lab this week? You're like, you know what? It's I don't have enough charts. It it's time to try it up. But this is percentage of the runs where a running back was hit at the line of scrimmage. And Tony Pollard has only been hit the line of scrimmage on like 33% of his runs, which is actually better than the league average. And still, he's not forcing missed tackles. He's one of the lowest in missed tackles. It's obviously easier to break a tackle when you have space to operate because you're running faster. Um, and the players you're breaking tackles are smaller once you get some space to work with. So it's pretty concerning that he has not been like getting smashed at the line of scrimmage. It's him like not being able to create on his own. That's something to monitor as we continue on. DeAndre Swift and Chris McCaffrey have both performed at top 10 running back weeks uh, against this Rams defense. And, you know, they're kind of like the do-it-all types, both in the mm-hmm. receiving and the rushing game. So I do wonder if there is a pathway for Pollard to do that too. Okay, your running back eight is actually Jameer Gibbs. Obviously the highest you have ranked him this entire season uh, came off a huge week. And this also with the caveat, Hayden, that we don't expect Dave Montgomery to play. Yeah, no, I'm not expecting him to be out there, and this is a great matchup against the Raiders. Uh, Raiders have allowed 31.5 fantasy points to Deonta Foreman, Ramondre Stevenson, Zeke Elliott, A.J. Dillon, James Cook, Latavius Murray. They've all exceeded at least 10 points as well. The Lions are back to projected to a ton of points here again, and Craig Reynolds is just not going to eat into his workload that much um the jameer gibbs workload last week was elite because he was getting the uh garbage time production where he's going to exceed in but i also liked it when we watched um in stats versus film yep ben johnson was at least working um to hide jameer gibbs limitations more misdirection outside runs and stuff so even if he's not david montgomery in the way that they use him they can at least do some abbreviated work with that as the lead back because i'm not expecting Divino Zigbo and Craig Reynolds and the boys to really eat into his workload all that much. Yeah. Counter plays, toss plays, outside the tackles, out in space. It's the type of stuff that Jameer does best. And we saw, despite being down, you know, 35 nothing, 28 nothing, all that stuff, that that's where they were trying to get Gibbs. Uh, and it was working again, despite the scoreboard. Okay. We mentioned stats versus film. We mentioned all these other shows. We'll have quarterbacks tied in rankings on Thursday, wide receivers on Friday. What I'm trying to say is we are on the road to 100,000 subscribers. Mm -hmm. And really the only way we can get there is if you who watch hit the subscribe button. Like that's how it works, you know? So do it. 
We appreciate you, everyone who tunes in and joins us every single week for these rankings and tiers, plus instant reactions on Sunday night and stats versus film. Okay. I'll add something real quick. Just the Underdog Fantasy app where you can play pick them with the NBA. It is so loaded right now. So use promo code the show and go leave us a rating and review in the iTunes store for our podcast and also the Apple store for the damn app. How about that? Wow. We're asking a lot of the people today. Saquon Barkley running back nine against this New York Jets defense. He has 52 of 61 backfield touches over the past two weeks and over the past three games that he has played. 23, 28, and 24 touches. That is volume you cannot deny, despite how hit and miss this Giants offense has been. This Giants offense could be, we don't know yet, getting back left tackle Andrew Thomas and John Michael Schmitz, their center, both key players <coughs> in this offense. So we'll update that on the Sunday morning show. Um, but that would be good news for Saquon Barkley. I thought Saquon last week made a couple splash plays where I'm not as fearful on that high ankle sprain anymore and like you said the usage has been elite 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 um with that said the giants are projected for under 17 points this week so that's the difference between saquon at running back nine and getting him into the three amigos conversation up above jets defense is also getting bitten by running backs in the receiving game and we've seen saquon do that in the past too isaiah pacheco you're running back 10 this is at the denver broncos um after rushing 20 times for 115 yards back in week four He's now rushed 45 times for just 149 yards over the past three weeks. But, you know, this is a stretch of four games where he's seen 70 plus percent of the running back touches for the Kansas City Chiefs, too. Yeah, RB 14 usage over the month. And he just played the Broncos a couple weeks back. Uh, 16 carries for 62 yards, but a career high with six receptions. So the volume, yep. like you said, is there and the Broncos, just in case you are living under a rock, are quite bad on defense. They're the only team to allow a thousand rushing yards and the only team to allow 12 total touchdowns to running backs. So, with positive game script, means Isaiah Pacheco carries late in the game. And I think that dip in efficiency the last couple weeks will probably regress back to top 10 levels. We, we got a comment that was like, Hey, the Broncos defense is actually improving. Okay, they might be going from like the worst defense ever yes. to like 32nd in the league, you know? Right. Yeah. So it's, it's not that big of a jump. Yeah. I think a couple weeks ago when Pacheco was going to play that Broncos team, we took the higher on his receiving totals. And again, six receptions, it's just 15 and a half receiving yards right now too, over in the pick. Right. So yeah, heed Hayden's advice. Click the link in the description down below and play some freaking pickup over there. Okay. Let's get back to your rankings. Because we're at running back 11, and it's Kenneth Walker. Uh, a bit low here, Hayden, but they are playing the Cleveland Browns defense. But might I remind you, they just allowed 182 yards and a touchdown to the Colts backfield. Yeah, that was a very weird game. Um, yeah, this is tough because that was the only game where the Browns have allowed anything to running backs. Like Even they held Christian McCaffrey the week before that to like only 12 half PPR points. Uh, Zach Charbonnet apparently is practicing. We'll see if he actually plays, but he hasn't really mattered for Kenneth Walker, who's the RB5 in usage over the last month. Um, just throwing it out there, the Seahawks team total is just not as high as it's yeah. been previously, so that's why I'm ranking him a little bit lower. But if I get a little bit more confirmation, look into the matchup a little bit more, I might move Kenneth Walker, who obviously I love, up a couple spots. But like the guys in front of him, man, like 
this is a good week for fantasy running back. Rankings. Finally, like I've I've said like I've come to the table and be like, what the hell is going on here? Like the, all of these guys to me look like they could have some big games. And I think Jonathan Taylor, because he got in the end zone last week, was the first top 12 scorer that the Browns defense has allowed so far this season. So yeah. having Kenneth Walker even at the 11 spot is a bit bold on that. Okay, we close up the top 12 with DeAndre Swift against the Washington Commanders. Uh, he has now been held below 80 total yards in three of his past four games. Uh, but we know that despite that, he's still getting a bunch of touches. And so at the end of the day, this will probably fix itself with both the yardage, the touchdowns, hopefully, yeah. and the touches all equaling out. Yeah, he's still the running back 10 in usage this month, running back 15 in actual production. He lost that uh, Kenneth Walker touchdown late in the game. Game but. Uh, or Kenneth, yeah, Kenneth Gainwell. Um, but there's just so much opportunities for the Eagles to run and get rushing scores. Like they are a complete outlier when it comes to pass rate inside the 10 yard line. And to that point, Kenny Gainwell has just one fewer carry than DeAndre Swift so far inside the red zone. And that's not even factoring in all of the Jalen Hurts stuff. So, like, mm -hmm. while it was really Hurts and Sanders last year kind of battling it out with the inside the 10 yard line stuff, it's kind of like a three person rotation mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. at the moment but i still love deandre swift we were higher than him on adp heading into the season somehow after the entire summer <laughs> and uh and it's paying off that's for sure he's he's clear their best back tier three we'll kick that off with john taylor he is running back 16 in consensus rankings again you're running back 13 this week uh we saw at least 50 50 last week mm -hmm. and now it's getting to a point hayden that jonathan taylor to me looked a lot better yeah, the initial reports of when he was finally reinstated or back in off of injured reserve uh, was that it was going to take about a month for him to get up to full speed. Well, a month is roughly right now, and I think it's a good spot for the Colts to get Jonathan Taylor fully going here. I was actually pretty surprised to see the projections for the Colts this week. Just look at this. like the, They're projected for above average points nice. this week and they play with a, a lot of pace out there and what's happening with Gardner Minshew is he's just willing to check the ball down to his running backs and maybe that's a part of Shane Steichen trying to get his running backs going as well so if we get this closer to like a 60 40 split instead of 50 50 split I think Jonathan Taylor has massive breakout potential here um, it's not my favorite matchup individually but like I said the Vegas team total was higher than I thought to that point, every single week we talk about the Saints' defense, and you know they're just allowing 3.5 yards per carry to backs on the 8.4 rushing attempts, or excuse me, rushing points to opposing backfields. God, I'm still sick. I will say, this Colts team, as we mentioned before, they've been effective against the Browns' defensive front and the Titans' defensive front. Basically, the only teams in the league that have been able to crack the codes on those really strong defenses so far this year. So maybe the Colts can do another one here. Against the Saints. Shane Steichen's a baller. He is a baller. I love it. Okay, Bijan Robinson, running back 14 against the aforementioned Tennessee Titans. People might say, wow, after one week with a headache, Bijan all the way down is running back 14. The consensus rankings are with you. They have him as running back 13 this week. Over the course of the entire season, he's been the running back 15 in points per game, running back 21 in expected fantasy points. So, I'm kind of in that range here uh, against the pass from Titans. I'm still trying to figure out if it's a good or bad thing for Bijan because obviously he is effective uh, as a pass catcher. But then I looked into it and Tennessee, 
has only allowed 18 receptions to running backs this year. That's wow. been pretty interesting. Um, so it's just a bad spot for Bijan in general. The Falcons team total is not that great. Um, but at least we will not have to listen about the headache conspiracy theories. Uh, once Bijan probably touches the ball, I'd say 16, 17 times in this game. It's just, uh, he's just still, still not getting the goal line usage. And until that changes, it's hard for him to get into the top 10 kind of conversation for me. Okay. I didn't bring up this point yesterday and I don't want to spend that much more time on this, but just quickly, like if the Falcons put Bijan on the injury report that just said like headache or something, everyone still would have played him. They wouldn't have said like, oh, he's going to be kept out from the game right. and only play 11 snaps, you know? So even if they followed protocol of putting Bijan on the injury they report. They don't have to. Correct. We wouldn't have gotten like the details of, well, yeah. actually, they're not going to play him until the final drive. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he Once the actual practices are completed, the only thing they have to update is if they're actually concerned he's going to miss the game. The Falcons were never concerned Bijan was going to actually miss the game. So they didn't have to list him on the injury report. They didn't have to update it. They were not fearful that he was going to miss the game. Playing time doesn't matter for the uh, final injury report. It's are you going to play? Yes or no. They knew for a fact he was going to be on the active roster, so they didn't have to do it. End of story. Get over it. Yes. Uh, Hayden Winks, Josh Norris, Arthur Smith apologists. Who knew? Uh, Zach Moss is the only running back to clear 67 rushing yards in the game against the Titans. We Interesting. Just um, I will add, final note, if like the rushing yardage is difficult to come by, then touchdown is hopefully a gateway for us to get home with B. John Robinson. But as we talk about every single week in stats versus film, Tyler Algier is getting more goal-to-go situations than yeah. B. John Robinson so far this year. So it's not like the top 10 running back overall stuff that was a pathway that people thought that Bijan could get the legendary running back status so far this year. And I don't think we can get there unless Tyler Algier gets injured. So, yeah, we'll see. Okay. Josh Jacobs is your running back 15. This is at the Detroit Lions, uh, a Lions defense that just got eviscerated in right. every single way this past week. But I don't want to overlook that prior to that, this Lions defense had been quite excellent this season. Only allowing 56 rushing yards per game to running backs at second best, only trailing the Eagles. For Josh Jacobs, I mean, this is as low as I can rank somebody that has RB3 overall usage this month. Wow. I have him as running back 15. So that's the punishment I'm giving him based off the matchup, based off the offensive line, based off the question marks at quarterback, and quite frankly, just based off of Josh Jacobs. It's just... This whole team scares me. Um, they're only projected for 18.5 points here as well. So uh, I'm not like, unlike with Tony Pollard, I don't think that Josh Jacobs all of a sudden is going to be a baller the rest of the year. I think he's going to be a volume guy and we're hoping he can be like a league average rusher moving forward. Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in room service, bathrobes and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have, and you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service 
that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right, three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. I apologize to the children listening to this program, but I want to note these next two rankings are you putting your nuts on the table and being like, I am going way against what consensus is putting these guys at and listen to me or don't. It's your decision. Gus Edwards is your running back 16 this week. He's the running back 25 in consensus rankings. This is at the Arizona Cardinals. Talk to me. The bus is best driven in positive game strips, <laughs> and they are 8.5 point favorites over the Cardinals. The Cardinals are not only the third worst fantasy running back defense, they're also allowing the second most carries in Gus Bus when they are playing with the lead. The Ravens are down to run the ball up the middle with Gus Bus. We had that 80 yard fluky reception, not putting much emphasis on that at all i just think that the baltimore offense has been ready to explode we saw it last week and gus edwards got a goal line carry he's open to big plays because of how lamar jackson's being covered and the arizona defense does not scare me at all so with the ravens projected for a bunch of points in positive game scripts this is the time to play gus edwards um I'm going against not only consensus rankings but the fantasy usage model as well he's running back 26 over the last month but Got to listen to the game scripts. He has out-touched Justice Hill 32-16 to 16 over the past two games. With leads. Yep. With leads. Okay. It doesn't end there. More onions. Damian Pierce is your running back 17. Yes, against the Carolina Panthers. He's a running back 26 in consensus rankings. A rare occasion where both teams are coming off a bye week. But before the bye week, I just want to remind you, just in case you forgot this, Hayden. Devlin Singletary played 34 snaps compared to just 21 snaps for Damian Pierce. Mike Boone also played 10. So why, oh why, might Damian Pierce lock in a running back 17 week? This will be the last positive analysis from me until he actually proves it. But the Houston Texans are projected for 23 points. Love it. They are top 10 in projected points. They're supposed to spank the Carolina Panthers and I was looking at the Carolina Panthers defense. They are by themselves when it comes to stopping the run and EPA allowed. This is a eruption spot capability for Damian Pierce. If he can play enough snaps and what happens in these games is his snap counts go down. If the Texans are losing because they don't like Damian Pierce in catch up mode. But when Damian Pierce does have positive game scripts, they actually do ride him a lot he's actually had uh at least 11.4 expected fantasy points in five straight games even with Devin Singletary mixing in there a little bit I just think that the Panthers defense is not ready for what a post by rookie bump CJ Stroud and coaching staff could look for and I just think Damian's better than Devin Singletary I just need this interior offensive line to cooperate a little bit more but I'm hoping all of this comes together. If it doesn't happen on this one, I will never talk about Damian Pierce again. That's a promise. Well, that's a lie. Uh, but 
I have optimism too. The Panthers are allowing a league high 24.4 rushing points per game to opposing backfields. I mean, they've allowed 13 touchdowns to opposing running backs this year. And I think that the Damian Pierce season would have a different twist to it if the Texans run blocking and goal to go situations wasn't as abysmal because at least he would have more touchdowns to his name. I mean, he has five carries from inside the five yard line this year that equals negative five yards. He scored one touchdown, but five for negative five. So they're again, interior of the offensive line run blocking has been abysmal so far this year. And on top of that, not only are the Panthers giving up touchdowns, they're also giving up explosive runs to opposing backs too. So there is hope. I think there is hope this week. And Devin Singletary's only had two rushes inside the 10 yard line. Damian Pierce is still, even though he loses some touches in between the twenties and in garbage time situations, he still has nine touches inside the 10 yard line. So it's still him in the most valuable role. Yeah. What could go wrong? Okay. You're running back 18 James cook against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Last week was the highest rush share backfield share since week one for James Cook. And a major part of it is that he got home with receptions. And actually, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is quite weak against running backs in the receiving game as well. Not a surprise. It's a pass funnel defense for Tampa Bay. Uh, And when you remove Damian Harris from the workload, all of a sudden, James Cook gets back into the RB2 conversation last week, had RB2 usage entirely, even with Latavius Murray stealing the goal line rep late in the game. Uh, James Cook scores from nine yards out on a third down through the air. He also got found deep, like 25 yards down the field. Some of that type of usage, I wouldn't be surprised to see against Tampa Bay. I think the Bucks are the only team that have not allowed a rushing touchdown yet, which obviously isn't a big factor for James Cook, but just something to consider uh, with passing touchdowns or whatever you like with uh, higher or lowers projections for Josh Allen this week too. Yep. Joe Mixon, you're running back 19 against the San Francisco 49ers. The Bengals just not projected to score that many points or run that many Interesting. Points. I mean, this is off a bye, hopefully a more healthy Joe Burrow. This is a lot of respect that Vegas is giving a 49ers defense that honestly just got torched uh, by the Minnesota Vikings, albeit that one was on the road and this was going to be at home. I agree. The Bengals just like maybe it needs to be a little bit of a prove it week just because they've been so sloppy to start the season. So, yeah, I'm just following following the team projections that the Joe Mixon's been so inefficient uh, for a couple of years now. And I, I don't see that really changing. Yeah. That was less of a Joe Mixon topic and mm-hmm. more of a Bengals passing game with Joe Burrow and Jamar chase mm-hmm. point. Okay. Deontay Foreman, you're running back 20. This is at the Los Angeles chargers. Uh, Roshan Johnson did get in, I think a full practice, albeit he's still in the concussion protocol, but that should give him optimism to play actually this week. With that said, as we talked about in stats for this film, even if Roshan was quote unquote ahead of Deontay Foreman in the past in the depth chart, I highly doubt that will change now after what Deontay Foreman has shown us in recent weeks. He's just a hard dude to bring down to the grounds. Um, so I'm with you. I think that Roshan's going to be playing the Darrington Evans Evans role the last couple of weeks, which means Roshan's not in the conversation. Foreman's probably not going to have the game script that he had last week. Um, also a couple of receptions mixed in there as well. So not expecting anything near last week, but I think that the usage in general is solid for him. 10.8 expected half PPR points two weeks ago in a very similar role. I think that's kind of the baseline I'm settling in at. 
Okay, one more in this tier. It's your running back 21. That is Daryl Henderson, who is running back 29 in consensus. That shocks me against the Dallas Cowboys defense. Yeah, he just had he there's a little bit of a rotation great. here. This is great. But he had the goal line opportunity, though that did come in on his drive. He played the two-minute situation. They do seem to be trusting him out there. So yeah, he just had like borderline RB1 usage, more RB2 usage last week. Uh, played more than half the snaps, and I just think that's probably the baseline we should expect unless Royce Freeman like catches the hot hand, but Royce Freeman's hand's usually pretty pretty cold. Ramondre Stevenson, you're running back 28, the start, excuse me, you're running back 22, the start of Tier 4. Oh, man, this is against the Miami Dolphins defense. We've gotten better, Ramondre, over the last few weeks. Some of that explosion we, we got back, as you mentioned, in like the final few minutes, a lot of passing game work, and that's where he got like 46 of his yards in that game, too. Right. Uh, crossing our fingers that maybe some of that receiving work trickles into this week again against the Dolphins. That was my read on it too, Just He seems like he gets more involved in the two-minute drill when they're trailing all that fun stuff. And in Miami, it's a good spot to see some of that usage. It does bother me a little bit that Zeke is getting like full drives um, and Zeke got some goal line work because of that. But when the game was on the line last week, at least Ramondre was in at the goal line on that opportunity. But I think this is more of a ranking. Like he's probably going to catch four or five passes. And he, this offense at least looks like it's capable of a couple explosive plays where previously it looked like that was never going to happen. Am I right in that you have Najee Harris as your running back 23 this week? I do. Okay. This is very different than consensus. You're running back 31. Do not put this as a part of the clip on Saturday weaves. We, we do not need some Najee Harris propaganda here. I have a different take than you on this, but go ahead. Coming off the bye last week, season high 14.2, expected half PPR points, handled 15 of the 21, 21 opportunities. The I think the Steelers' offense will only be better in the second half than it was early on, and we like to clown Najee Harris, but pulling back that chart that I brought up, he is getting hit at the line of scrimmage a ton, but he's still forcing a lot of missed tackles which is pretty cool to see for Najee because he has been pretty bad in this metric previously. So I think, I think it's a fine game for Najee Harris. And remember we were drafting him like running back 14. And I think we should be great. Some were drafting him. We we were not drafting him. The consensus was drafting him as the running back 14. So I've made adjustments down, but uh, just because Jalen Warren got lucky on like a 15 yard touchdown last week does not mean anything's changed. Najee Harris is still, um, the lead back. Okay. I know this is simple to say, and I'm part of the crew on Twitter that m- might side more with Jalen than Najee, but I think this is actually a Jalen Warren game versus a Najee Harris game for this reason. Like the Jaguars defense has been shockingly great this year and specifically against running backs. They're allowing just 3.4 yards per carry and 7.7 rushing points per game to backfields. That is second best in NFL where they are bad is against receiving running backs. So I do wonder if this is the more Jalen Warren game script than it is a Najee Harris one. But I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. It's totally wrong. possible. Okay. Alexander Madison checks in for you here as you're running back 23. This is against the Green Bay Packers for the first time this year. Cam Akers led the backfield in touches and produced 61 yards compared to 42 yards for Alexander Madison. Um, I will add, like, Madison took a, a – weird hit to his helmet and like his head. And I don't know how much that impacted 
how the players were used moving forward after that. Acres like kind of rotating drives, at least this last week. But this has been a week to week situation. The week before that, Madison played a whole lot more. It was Cam Akers who closed out the game last week. So uh, I just don't think Alexander Madison could afford to lose that much work in general. He's totally. already only the RB22 in usage. He's been an underperformer in every single metric as well. The Vikings are still the only team in the league that do not have a rushing score yet either. Well, and the the reason why that is, is because inside the 10 yard line, the Vikings have the highest pass rate in the NFL. Love it. Absolutely love it. Okay. As I wipe my nose, we continue on here. My apologies. My manners will go out the window when I have the flu. Kareem Hunt. Um, what we know about Kareem Hunt now without Jerome Ford is to me, they are going to trust him in the passing game and they're going to trust him near the goal line as we saw with the Wildcat and things like that. And so while I think there might be a section of the public that wants Pierre Strong to get more opportunities because they really liked his stuff coming out of what South Dakota State, I believe, and thought he might be the new Raheem Mostert, so on and so forth. Ever since they made that move for Pierre Strong, we have seen them put Jerome Ford as the clear-cut running back too and then bring back Kareem Hunt when no one else wanted him. Mm -hmm. And so to me, this team, again, trust is a factor here, and all of those chips are in the corner of Kareem Hunt over Pierre Strong. I think Pierre Strong's like Raheem Moser without any of the contact balance. Like he's just a small change of pace guy. They trust Kareem Hunt, like you said. Uh, since the, the size buy. people are going to come at you, by the way, because I believe Pierre Strong is listed over 200-something pounds. And so – I'm I'm just he just looks tiny to me. Just forewarning. Okay. Based off of my own vibes and eyeballs, <laughs> uh, what could go wrong there? He does not look very big. And Cream Hunt does look like a big boy right now. Uh, anyways, since the week five bye, Cream Hunt, even with Jerome Ford in the mix, 10.4, 11.1 expected fantasy points. Uh, not a great team total here because it still is PJ Walker, but I think it will be Cream Hunt like in the discussion in the flex just because he will be the lead back assuming he is healthy okay another onion hanger as our friends on the around the nfl podcast will put it derrick henry as your running back 26 um derrick henry is ranked as a running back 15 in consensus rankings is this a major factor with will levis at quarterback does this impact your rankings here find the titans logo. oh my gosh you know? Oh my gosh. Well, we know where Vegas stands on Will Levis. Yeah, it's just not great. And then on top of that, it's post by rookie bump for Taiji. You'll see if like he gets more in the mix. I, Will Levis scares me, man. Like Will Levis had some really bad games against mediocre college defenses. Well, this is the NFL in his first and start. It's, and they, it's the Falcons defense, which has performed quite well. And Jesse Bates uh, baiting him into throws that, you know, quarterbacks won't typically make. So, right. Uh, they're like bottom th three against fantasy uh, running backs as well. Uh, yeah, the th third best running back defense, 3.6 yards per carry. Yep. It's just a tough spot for Derrick Henry. Um, Aaron Jones up next. Uh, right before it looked like Aaron Jones did not practice on Wednesday. This is against the Minnesota Vikings defense. Um, hopefully at some point we do get a full Aaron Jones workload because I think once we do, you'll rank him much higher than this. But again, to point out him not practicing just as easily, this could be another 33% backfield day for Aaron Jones. And if that's the case, you can't rank him higher than this. 
completely agree. And then on top of that, Packers team total below average. Vikings defense, remember, because they, they send these exotic pre-snap looks where teams don't want to run against that. The Vikings defense actually being the sixth best fantasy defense on top of it. But I'm with you. I need to see full practices, and I actually want to see him like handle a workload on top of that. It's been setback after setback. There's just no confidence with me with Aaron Jones right now. I'm trying to pull this tweet from my brain, but I believe someone stated that the Vikings defense has rushed six players at like 28% of the time this year. And the next closest team is at like 10% this year. And sometimes they'll have six or seven guys at the line of scrimmage and then drop them back. But when you see that, you don't, it doesn't say like, I want to really run the ball right here. Yeah. You got to check out. You got to check out. Okay. Rashad white against the Buffalo bills. Um, What's interesting is obviously Rashad White is 33rd in rates of run of 10 or more yards, 32nd in yards before contact, 31st in yards after contact. But despite all those things, 42.2% of his carries this year have come against light boxes, which is seventh best among all running backs. Uh, So it's just not going well this year for Rashad White. Let's put it that way. It's not going well. um, And like you said, Chase Edmonds coming off of injured reserve full practice, I believe as well. So if he takes some of Rashad White's pass game work, then all of a sudden, what exactly are we doing here? Uh, Only two teams projected for fewer points in Tampa Bay this week. The Titans that we just talked about and the Giants, both with backup quarterbacks. Zach Moss is your running back 29. I love this ranking because while we think Jonathan Taylor looked better last week, we still got basically a 50-50 split because Zach Moss, whenever he's on the field, does nothing to dissuade the Colts from playing him. I'm a projecting basically a 60-40 split, and that is the difference here. Miles Sanders, you're running back 30. Um, again, we're coming off a of bye week. Miles Sanders just got in a full practice. We'll see how Thomas Brown utilizes backfield. I do wonder if like Deuce Staley gets a say on who is playing like he did with the Detroit Lions. Uh, obviously, Chuba ranks much higher than Miles Sanders in like every running back category. Yes. Uh, but this is also a Texans defense that plays really hard place down football we'll see we'll see what happens it's just a committee on a team that's bad on offense so hopefully they got offensive line of what andrew corbett's at least coming off of injured reserve maybe practicing and playing this week as well and new play caller this is just the wild wild west they're calling it a committee i think it's still going to be miles sanders ahead of chuba but this is the point where there's no confidence in anything nobody should really have much confidence and their Miles Sanders or Chuba Hubbard ranking. We'll learn a lot after this week. Um, now that we have Miles Sanders actually fully practicing, remember a couple weeks ago, Miles Sanders was like DNP limited, limited going into games, and Chuba was playing more. We'll see if Miles Sanders' shoulders actually ready to go here, but n- no question, Miles Sanders has not been getting it done. Career low, 2.1 yards after contact per carry. Texans defense has allowed five rushing touchdowns to opposing running backs, but four of those touchdowns came in the first two weeks of the season. So they've tightened up quite a bit inside the five and inside the 10. Okay. We'll close out with tier five. I'll throw some names up there for you, Hayden. First, we'll just do him by himself since he's a lead running back in his team. Uh, Javante Williams against the Kansas city chiefs. I think you and I both thought that he looked fluid this past week, but it's a chiefs defense that we say every single time they come up, it's a, unit that is still incredibly underrated and the Broncos definitely should be playing from behind in this game. Fifth best against fantasy running backs, eight point spread on this one and eight point spread. Wow. 
Honestly, it should be higher, I guess. Um, I mean, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. If you haven't watched Patrick Mahomes in this defense, seems pretty good to me. Anyways, Javante played more last week because the Broncos actually had a lead. You can see him in the second half. Less Jaleel McLaughlin, more Javante Williams. But early in the game, and especially when they come trailing in games, you will see Jaleel's snap counts go up. Even Samaj P. Ryan, because he's trusted in pass protection. It's just not a good spot for Javante Williams. Uh, just like to throw some numbers out there. Uh, in week six loss, when all three were ready, uh, Javante had 4.3 expected half PPR points. Uh, and Jaleel had like 5.3. So it gets really sloppy unless the Broncos have a lead. Next three names, Chuba Hubbard, Amari DiMarcado, and Jalen Warren. We talked about two of those three. Do you want to say anything about Mr. DiMarcado, who did nothing two weeks ago? This past week was lead running back. And then now we kind of expect the same here in week eight. Lots of garbage time. We saw Jameer Gibbs get home in this role. Um, he had 11.6 expected uh, half PPR points last week with Keontae Ingram basically removed. So I think he'll catch some passes better in a PPR scam type of format. I'm not expecting a whole lot from him. Brian Robinson, who I want to add is the running back 11 in total points this year, is stuck here in the mid-30s facing the Philadelphia Eagles team. He has rushed 38 times for just 109 yards over his past four games. Uh, and we know that this Eagles defensive front is allowing a league low 6.6 rushing points per game to opposing backfields too. 50 rushing yards per game seems almost impossible, but that Philadelphia front's nothing to mess with. Uh, what is messing with B-Rob, though, is what you'll see here. Chris Rodriguez is playing not just in garbage time, but also popping up in the middle of games as well. Antonio Gibson still playing some of the passing situations, and that's why Brian Robinson over the last month has dropped all the way to RB31 when it comes to usage. And we've also talked about how he really needs a positive game script. Good luck against the Eagles with that. Okay, question. We don't have much time. But with Brian Robinson here and with despite that, how many points he scored this season, would you try to move Brian Robinson for like Aaron Jones or oh yeah, Damien Pierce? Uh, I would definitely try to move him for Gus Edwards. But after that big week last week, that probably can't happen. But I, I, in the next three days, I would try to move Brian Robinson as much as possible. Yep, I agree. It's going to be hard to do. It's going to be hard to do. Devlin Singletary, Jaleel McLaughlin, my guy, Tyler Algier. And AJ Dillon, close out this. Anything you want to say about this grouping? No, actually, my next name was Taiji Spears. We don't have to put him up there, but I just think that make sure he's not on the waiver wire. He deserves to be up there just in case the Titans make a trade. They've already sent Kevin Byard, one of the better safeties in the league, away. The team that's having a complete meltdown, maybe Taiji Spears gets a boost coming off the bye week or if Derrick Henry with a trade line looming. I, I am excited to see any rookie quarterback make their debut it's so like it, it's always fun because it's yep. fresh face and uh even if their name is will levis okay that's gonna do it tomorrow you get a new episode of scheme in the morning that actually outlines that russian game that we talked about with lamar jackson and gus edwards and justice hill with run run pass options very cool stuff mm -hmm. uh, and also their entire passing attack be sure early in your subscription feed on thursday morning go and watch it Share it with a friend if you enjoy it too. Share it with a friend no matter what. And then tomorrow we'll do quarterbacks, tight end rankings, and then Friday, wide receiver rankings too. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Producer Weaves, 
Shout out to you. Shout out to all of you as well for watching. Up the villa. We will talk to y'all soon. See ya.